3: What's up Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. It is May 21st, 2021. We are here with you to kind of close this week out on a strong high note. Send you into the weekend the right way as we try to do each and every day. But also on Friday, it's really, really important. So of course, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that happens. Uh, you can always hit me up on Twitter at your boy Q254. Of course, that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line is always wide open like some old school TV antennas. 707 654 three. Coming up on today's show, as a matter of fact, in segment number three, you'll get those calls. You'll get those texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. Lots of stuff to get to. Probably won't get to all the calls and texts, but I'll try to get to as many as possible. I definitely appreciate the feedback from the shows that we've been having the last few days. been really, really great feedback, so I appreciate that. Coming up in segment number two, I was actually on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Thursday with Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, and I was on for an hour and a half. I jumped on at 6.30 my time, and I, I closed out the show show with them. So uh, yeah, I I just, I got off the radio at Fox Sports Central Texas. Uh, I went to the house. I ate a couple pieces of pizza and then boom, got right on the radio with Vinny and knocked out an hour and a half. I'm not going to play for you, obviously, the whole hour and a half, but we did get into a really good conversation that was inspired by a phone call from Joe in Houston talking about Julio Jones. He actually called for a couple reasons, but he got into the Julio Jones conversation. And Julio Jones is a guy that I brought up on Thursday's show saying that, you know, there's still a possibility that he gets traded post-June 1st and, uh, you know, that the Raiders are still one of the teams that have been kind of associated with him. So, uh, Julio Jones is a hot subject right now. So, uh, we had a good little conversation. It's probably about 8 to 10 minutes. Uh, you'll also hear another call straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line from Rahul in Seattle who also is talking about Julio Jones. So, we're going to have a Julio Jones segment in segment number two and it all has to do with the conversation I had with Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle on Raider Nation. Radio 920 on Thursday and then here in segment number one news and notes of the day are little nuggets that I collect throughout the course of the day so I want to go ahead and bring those to you again to try to close this week out on a high note so let's go ahead and jump right into it First little nugget I want to bring to the table. I found this to be kind of interesting, man. Tim Brown was on the AP Pro Football Podcast, and you can look it up, the AP Pro Football Podcast. It's always good to hear from Tim Brown, but there was just a little piece of it that I caught on uh, on Twitter, and it's only about a minute, 30 long, but it's Tim Brown talking about the Raiders and what they need the most, and I, I thought this was really interesting, and I think he's also spot on. Check it out. Here's Tim Brown.
4: I learned this when, when, when Gruden came to the Raiders. Um, We didn't know how to win football games. I mean, as a collective unit, you know, I mean, guys had, you know, won at other places or, you know, been to the playoffs in other places, but um, we didn't know how to win. And he was putting us in position to win, but we, we would fail. And, and I think that's the same thing that he's going through right now. You know, these guys uh, have to learn as a team, not individuals, as a team, how to win these football games and until they do that, once they do it, they're going to be a juggernaut, without a doubt. But until they do it, it's going to, you know, it's going to be the way, you know, it's been the last couple of years. You win five or six games early in the year. Everybody's excited because you're on a great pace to make the, the playoffs and boom, you know, everybody gets it in everybody's head. And nobody can go out and perform, and um, and finally you find yourself, you know, looking uh, on the outside, looking in at the playoffs again. So, but uh, it's just going to take some veteran guys, man, to to really gel gel together. And, um, and make this thing happen for them.
3: So there's Tim Brown and I found that interesting because he's saying that the Raiders need to learn how to win games and I don't think that that's breaking any kind of news. I don't think that's earth-shattering news but what I found interesting was he said there was guys that won on other teams but we didn't know how to win as a collective unit and so my thing is I look around the Raiders organization right now the team and I know it's a very young team but there are a few veterans on the team but I look and say well what veterans have really won at the highest level? What veteran is there that can say hey follow my lead. I know how to get it done. That's my only concern is that I don't really see that guy on the squad, you know, and I know that Yannick Ngakwe has been brought in through free agency and I think that's a good step because his rookie year the Jaguars were really good, you know, under Gus Bradley. They were really good and they had that really solid uh, defense, you know, but they only had it, it was a very short, you know, little window similar to what the Raiders had in 2016. So again, I I look around, Casey Hayward, he was just brought in. He's brought in for leadership purposes. Uh, You heard John Gruden and talking to Eric Allen about Casey Hayward just the other day. Uh, If you didn't, go check it out on uh, on YouTube, the Raiders report with Eric Allen and John Gruden. You'll hear him talking about it. It's really, really good. But again I just I look at the the team in itself and look at the veterans in in particular and say who is the veteran that is a winner that's been there done that that could say follow my lead like remember when Bill Romanowski was signed by the Raiders and he had already been what a member of the the Denver Broncos and the 49ers but he was a winner you know he knew how to win he knew how to get it done the Raiders had guys like that I don't see them right now not saying they can't get it done without a a bona fide winner already on the squad but that's something else that they need if there was a guy out there or a couple guys out there there that could be that leader, that dude that says, hey, look, I've been there, done that. I know how to get back that would help the team out in a major way. But they don't have that right now, so they got to kind of learn on the fly. So that's part of the curve that he's talking about, about learning how to win. And also, on top of that, that's another reason why the Raiders go back to teams like Alabama, Clemson, you know, teams that have have proven winners that have been there, done that, gone to national championship games because they're looking for guys that know how to lead and guys that know how to win. So that's another reason why you see them going back to those big-time universities that have been there, done that, used to playing a bunch of games in college. So if you want to hear Tim Brown and his full interview, make sure you check out the AP Pro Football Podcast. You can check it out there. Another little nugget that I found interesting, and I really didn't know that this was happening, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, it happened. Uh, Henry Ruggs, he came in second in the 40-yard dash that was ran simultaneously, but not at the same place, not the same location, which is kind of weird. I saw Henry Ruggs. I saw McCole Hardman going back and forth on Twitter talking about who's the faster guy. Uh, I saw wide receiver Justin Jefferson from the Vikings kind of get involved in a little bit of a Twitter conversation And then Buccaneers linebacker Devin White. Well, apparently this was set up by Bounty, the paper towels, the quicker picker upper, you know, it was set up by them. And what they did is they had a four man 40 yard dash race, but they were all in four different locations, which I ran track back in the day. And it's not the same. I can't go in my backyard and say, I'm going to race against someone in their backyard. Like, I can't tell my buddy in California that, hey, I want to race you. I'm going to go stand in my backyard in Texas. You go stand in your backyard in California. And we're going to go at the same time and we're going to get a bona fide race. Like, I just, I can't. That's not for me. But whatever. This is what they did. They put it together and I mean, I guess it worked. So the unofficial, and I call it unofficial because, again, these guys were all in four different locations, but. 40-yard dash. Justin Jefferson from uh, from the Vikings came in fourth with a 4.5. Linebacker Devin White from Tampa Bay came in third with a 4.37. Number two, I mentioned Henry Ruggs, Raiders wide receiver, 4.26. And Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver McCole Hardman, 4.22, came in first in the 40-yard dash that was ran in four different locations, Simultaneously, But either way, uh, I was glad that nobody got injured. I was glad that Rugs didn't pull a hammy or something like that. Those are the kind of things you get concerned about. Uh, I know these guys are out there having fun, and they raise money for charity, so that's really cool. But, man, oh, man, could you imagine uh, having that conversation with John Gruden? Like, oh, by the way, you know, uh, my calf muscle pulled or tore or my hamstring tore. You know what I mean? Just something. That would have been all bad. But either way you look at it, man, everything is all good, and it's done and, and over with now. But I would like to see all four of those guys race uh, do a forty yard dash all at the same location, you know, at one spot, preferably after the football season. So wait till this season's over, and then in the off season, go ahead and knock that out, like immediately after the Super Bowl, so you have all off season to rest. That's that's how I look at it. And I do want to kind of give Devin white a lot of props as a linebacker who weighs probably 50 pounds more than any of those wide receivers still ran a four, three 40. I think that that's pretty awesome. And shout out to Devin white. We all know that he's got a ton of speed for Tampa Bay. Uh, My final little nugget here uh, is not really anything to do with the Raiders at all, but uh, the Lakers and warriors had their uh, play in game on, on Wednesday night, the Lakers come out with that victory. Uh, They won one Oh three, 100 great game. Uh, I'm a warrior fan. So I was disappointed to see the outcome, but a heck of a game anyway. I brought this up because the Lakers-Warriors play-in game drew an average audience of 5.6 million people. That's the most-watched NBA game on its air, says ESPN since the 2019 Western Conference Finals. That's not a finals. That's not a. That was a play-in game. So that's pretty interesting. But it's funny, Andrew Brandt. He uh, he tweeted on, on top of that. He quote tweeted it and said, "Yeah, just a reminder." Twice as many people watch Roger Goodell read names every April. Hashtag NFL Draft, letting you know that football is king. Think about that. A game that drew 5.6 million eyeballs is half of what the NFL Draft draws. That's crazy. That is, I mean, that just lets you know exactly how dominant – the NFL is and how they are just an absolute monster. So I wanted to go ahead and point that out. I thought that was interesting. Coming up in segment number two, you're going to hear the Julio Jones conversation. Vinny you and myself from Raider Nation Radio 920 on Thursday. Uh, we talk all things Julio Jones. You're going to hear it led off by a conversation, by a call from Joe calling out of Houston. So that's how we're going to get things started and then we're going to close things out with a call from Rahul in Seattle also talking Julio Jones. So all things Julio Jones coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get into it though, I do want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action. Baseball season is in full effect. Of course, the NBA just talked about that in a major way. NHL, UFC, MMA, all that's going on right now. So before the next pitch, the next bucket, the next knockout, the next goal, whatever, go on over to BetOnline.ag. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sideline, get into the game as your team preps for their run to the playoffs. Again, head to the website use your mobile device or your laptop sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit betonline.ag promo code locked on that's how you get the 50% welcome bonus betonline.ag gotta use the promo code locked on they are your online sportsbook experts segment number two it's on the way
0: Your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team is every day.
3: all right, Raider Nation here we are segment number 2 of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor from Raider Nation Radio 920. We talked all things Julio Jones. I was actually on his show for an hour and a half from 6.30 to 8pm Central Time. I was on with uh, Vinny he's actually interested in having me on all the time like each and every day like weekly but uh, we'll see if that works out because our schedules are kind of crazy. I get off the radio in Central Texas at 6pm his show starts in Las Vegas at 4pm but that's 6pm my time so I would never be able to start the show on time so we'll see you know there might be times that I jump on and do you know an hour and a half whatever the show but either way I mean it's a pleasure when he has me hop on plus it, it helps me get or achieve my uh, ultimate goal which we all know is to get to Las Vegas but that's neither here nor there we're talking about Julio Jones here and this whole conversation is going to start off with a call my guy Joe in Houston called for a couple reasons, but Julio Jones was one of them. So here's that conversation, or here's that call that leads into my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor.
0: I was calling yeah, I was calling because of uh, two things. I'm hoping that, man, the Raiders really take, take it serious about going get, uh get uh, Julio Jones. Uh, mm. I know. Mm. I, Julio Jones in, in a Raider uniform would, would actually open up the offense tremendously. You won't be able to bracket. You wouldn't be able to bracket nobody in that offense. What That's would your What thing. would your starting
5: three wide receivers be in that situation then? So, Julio, um, Henry, and
0: Hunter. Yes. I no. Mean, actually, I would go. I would go Julio. I, it, 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 honestly and truly, I would take the approach that the, uh, the New England Patriots take. It's, it's It's based on the matchup that we're going to play. The um, It's based on the that we're going to play whatever uh, whatever uh, team we're going to play. You know, you may go into a game where, hey, you got better outside guys than you do slot guys. Well, then you bring Hunter in, and then you okay, you have better slot guys than outside guys. You can start uh, uh, Edwards or or uh, or uh, Hunter. You can play. well is going to be in there, so of course, because of the fact that he's going to take the top off the defense.
5: Q, he mentioned Joe did Julio Jones. I, I do believe Julio is going to get moved. I don't see how it can work uh, in Atlanta right now. He's owed too much money, and they need money right. desperately uh, under the salary cap. So keep an eye on June 1st. There's going to be some moves on June 1st. I'm not saying the Raiders are going to be involved, but I would imagine, knowing John Gruden and knowing the possibilities that a Julio Jones could bring to this offense, I would imagine he's inter- interested he's in not. He's no longer a top-five wide receiver. Uh, we get that. But I don't think the Raiders need Julio. I mean, it would be great if he turned back the clock. I don't think a team like the Raiders would need top five Julio Jones. But if you start envisioning a Julio Jones with a Darren Waller and a Brian Edwards and a Henry Ruggs and a Hunter Renfro and everyone else that they have and all the other weapons that they have, it makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, no, it does. And you never want to stop improving your offense. You know, even though you think that your offense is really, really good, and it was in 2020, uh, it could still be better, you know, and the Kansas City Chiefs prove that. As, as good as their offense is, they continue to improve it. And so, Julio Jones, in theory, would be a, a nice addition. I just wonder how it, it would work if the Raiders were entertaining that because the reason why he would be moved in Atlanta is money. The, the reason why he'd be moved is because of salary cap. Well, it's not like the Raiders are just blessed with a whole bunch of salary cap space, so what are they going to do is he going to restructure his deal what would they have to do to make that fit not just give up draft capital but how would they make it fit financially so it fit for the team and work for the team that's really one of my biggest questions
5: they could always make it work um i you know a restructure could definitely be part of the uh, of the equation uh, some of what would be coming back to the raiders especially after june 1st um changes the dynamics change so um, it might be easier at that point for a team like the Raiders to fit that salary, whatever salary would be left that's not owed by the by the, the Falcons. There's ways to make that happen, and I do think that he is going to get traded. And there's 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 wiggle room for the Raiders too. There's some positions uh, on the roster that you know could be positions of. You might go have to go find a job someplace else, right? Because you know, we need that money. We need that money. So just keep an eye on that. If if there was a player out there right now that, you know, you you, you start thinking about and envisioning of what this offense could look like, and, and who out there that's available can really take this thing or help take this thing to another level, I think of Julio Jones because that dude is. If there if there's one thing right now that the Raiders are are might be missing, is just a polished technician yep. guy that is just i mean he's a marvel watching him get open just a flat-out marvel and he hasn't lost that i guarantee you he hasn't lost that skill no um and, and and it wasn't that long ago 2019 where he was doing his typical julio jones thing and he's and and count back from that point on he's always done it last year was the only year in his career where he didn't put the 14 to 16 games out there.
3: Right, no, and again, I mean, if he were to be a member of the Silver and Black, as far as wide receivers go, he's the best one on the roster. You know, what I mean, wide receiver, and I know Darren Waller's a tight end, but he's, you know, he gets all the all the attention, and he's the guy who's going to put up the numbers. But I mean, Henry Ruggs hasn't proven to be the best wide receiver yet. Brian Edwards, he hasn't proven to be the best wide receiver. I think he has a, a lot of potential, but it's again, it's potential. Hunter Renfro, I like him a lot. I think he, you know, finds ways to get open and make himself available for the quarterback. But I don't think he's the guy that a lot of the defensive coordinators are keeping themselves up at night saying, "Oh, I, how are we going to stop Hunter Renfro?" If you add Julio Jones to the mix again in theory it would be great and, and I feel like he'd be the best wide receiver on the roster and all of a sudden you make that that offense that much more dynamic and, and who do you double you know you can't double rugs when he's stretching the field you can't double uh Waller which will open things up for him and then Julio Jones like you said is a technician I mean he's a guy that can get open and and, and make plays he can go up and get the 50-50 ball he's gonna make himself available for the quarterback he's gonna get his feet inbounds I mean there's a I can put a laundry list of stuff out there that he's gonna do again I just circle back to you got to find a way to make it work where it fits as far as financially go and and then you have to hope and kind of keep your fingers crossed that that he's able to go for you know 14 to 16 games 14 to 17 games this year and uh you know and, and it's not a repeat performance of what happened last year in atlanta
5: this offense would be unstoppable yeah i'm telling you right now unstoppable if if he comes correct if he's healthy it's an unstoppable offense when you start talking about Kenyon drake josh jacobs uh, Julio Jones, Darren Waller. Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs will will be good. Right. <laughs> but, you know, they're playing now alongside just an unstoppable combination he, in uh, Darren Waller.
3: He, he would be who Antonio Brown was supposed to be. You know what I mean? That shorthanded veteran that knows how to play the game not only just from an athletic point of view but also from a technician point of view where yeah you might not be the 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 the, the fastest dude anymore on the field or you not, might be, not be the strongest dude on the field anymore but you still know how to get yours and get open and still make plays he would be who that guy was supposed to be and it just didn't shake out
5: and i know most wide receivers have a little bit of diva uh in I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm not speaking out of school and Julio Jones has been known you know he, he can ruffle some feathers a little bit every once in a while he's especially when it comes to his money which we all get and understand but he ain't no Antonio Brown when it comes to that not even close this dude is a pro's pro and that would be pretty remarkable and I would keep my eye on it I I think Julio Jones is, is headed someplace. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor and Q Myers.
3: So that was our conversation right there talking Julio Jones going back and forth. And you heard my concern is really how does the money fit? Where does the money come from? Because his contract is major. And you heard Vinny say, hey, there's always a way to do it. You can always do it. And that's true. I know that's a fact. If you want to get someone under the salary cap, you can. And I've gone back to this a couple times and I've had the conversation with Vinny on the show before about Julio Jones and said, you know, the way he's talking and I know that he's got some really good sources inside the Raiders, it really feels like they're going to make a major play and a major move for Julio Jones. And look, I'm not mad at that. If they were to be able to acquire Julio Jones at the right price, and when I mean price, I'm talking draft capital, and they're able to figure out how to get his his salary under the cap, I know I said no to the the move originally because he was banged up in 2020, but I mean, man, he, he would be an absolute... Really, really good wide receiver. I mean, you heard how I was talking about him. He would naturally be the number one best wide receiver on the Raiders squad. Now, of course, Darren Waller is the number one guy, but Julio Jones would be the best number one wide receiver. Henry Ruggs has an opportunity to grow. Brian Edwards has an opportunity to grow. Hunter Renfro has an opportunity to grow. But Julio Jones would, no doubt about it, be the best wide receiver on the squad so before we wrap up this segment let's go ahead and hear a call from Rahul in Seattle who's calling about the potential of a Julio Jones trade here he is Rahul in Seattle
1: hey Q it's Rahul from Seattle uh I was just listening to uh your Thursday show and uh uh, you mentioned the Julio Jones uh potential trade and uh and I think the Raiders should really really look into that I think Julio Jones would do a lot for our wide receiver room you know we got a a bunch of young guys. Uh, we do have John Brown. I know he's a veteran, but, um, you know, the rugs and Edwards really need to, uh, you know, develop their skills. They need a mentor to uh, teach them the ropes. And I think a guy like Julio Jones, uh, given his pedigree, his work ethic, you know, he's not a, he's a big name wide receiver, but he's not a diva. And I think a lot of those characteristics would benefit our wide receivers, uh, especially our younger guys. Uh, and so I, I like, uh, I'd, I'd like us to go after him. I know his contract is a big, big number. Uh, I've read some articles that say that Atlanta might uh, be willing to eat some of that. And I think if we can get him for less than a first-round pick, uh, we really need to look into that. I'm thinking maybe a two, uh, maybe a three and a five, something like that. But I think he can be gotten for less than a first-round pick. And I think he still has enough in the tank to produce on his own, plus be a good mentor for our young guys. So I would be in favor of us trading for him.
3: One love you. There he goes, Rahul in Seattle. And, yeah, man, I think a third and a fifth would be reasonable. I think that that's something that you can say, hey, I I can live with that. Uh, You can't give up, if you're the Raiders, you definitely can't give up a first round draft pick. I've said it before and I know other people kind of look at it and kind of shake their head and say "Oh, that doesn't matter. But the Raiders, or I should say the city of Las Vegas, has the draft in 2022. And it does matter. You don't want to be the team that hosts the draft and not have a first round draft pick. I've actually been to a draft that that happened. I believe the Chicago Bears when I was in Chicago. That was my first draft I ever went to was in Chicago. And they didn't have a first round draft pick. And man, that city was restless you don't want to have this major event in Vegas and the Raiders not have a first round draft pick I'm just I'm telling you I know it sounds like it's trivial and it's not a big deal but it is a big deal and so that's not going to happen I don't again Julio Jones is not a guy that at this stage of his career would demand a first round draft pick I mean AB was a third and a fifth I could see the Raiders giving up a third and fifth and and being okay with that because of what you can get back instantly with Julio Jones just my biggest question like I asked uh, you know Vinny how do you get his salary? How do you get that to work with what the Raiders have? Because if you look at their salary cap space that they have right now, it's not a lot. So that's all I got really on the Julio Jones conversation, but I don't think it's going to be the end of it because I do think there's some moving and shaking. I think the Raiders are going to be players as far as Julio Jones goes, but we will see. Coming up at segment number three, your thoughts, your calls and texts. Straight up that Locked On Raider podcast, voicemail line 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Let's start things off with a new booty call from Tim G out of Virginia. He's calling to talk about the show and why it means so much to him. Here he is, Tim G from Virginia.
2: Hey Q, this is Tim G. from Virginia. Uh, They call me L.I. Raider. This is my first time calling in. Just wanted to let you know, man, I really appreciate your show. Your show is dead on. Um, I lost my sight a few years ago and been trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to keep up with what's going on with my Raiders. Um, I stumbled across this podcast, man, and I've been locked in on it for the last, few months, man, so I appreciate everything you do. You're dead on. You're right about D.C. Uh, if he protect that ball a little bit better, you know, we, that's going to give us about three, four more wins, and it's going to also give our defense a little bit uh, more of a breather, um, and that's going to give them a little bit higher ranking, man, but, uh, you know, it's all good. He's going to work. We know that, and the Raiders going to put in the work as well, And being a Raider, that's all it is, being a Raider. Just win, baby. Take care, man.
3: There he goes. That's my guy, Tim G out of Virginia. And thank you so much for that call, my man. I really do appreciate the message. And really, man, that's what it's all about. It's so cool to know personally for me that I can help keep you close to the team and keep you up to date on what's going on with the team and, uh, you know, feeling like you're part of it, man. That that means the world to me. Believe me, out of all of the, you know, different steps that I could take or the different uh, uh, accolades I could feel like I can get or achievements and stuff, that's the kind of stuff that really means a lot to me. So thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate that. And as far as Derek Carr goes yeah man to me protecting the ball is a major step forward he can do that if he could take care of that ball in the pocket that is huge I know some people look at it like no big deal everyone gets strip sacked but Derek Carr leads the league with strip sacks I mean he just and not in a good way he, he, he leads in strip sacks getting sacked and getting stripped and losing the ball that's not good gotta take care of that ball that will be you want to talk about the maturation of Derek Carr and how he continues to get better that could be a huge step for him in 2021 thank you so much for that call appreciate you Next up, got a pretty lengthy text here from New York old school Raiders. Say, yo, Q, New York's old school Raider again. Thanks for the peace on Raider Nation. Raider fans are different. We bleed silver and black. In New York, when two Cowboy fans meet, they say, how about them Cowboys? And then they move on. When two Raider fans meet, there's an instant bond. We can sense the passion over fashion for our team. Shout out to T3 Raider Facts. No disrespect, but in general, Raider fans have a higher football IQ too. It's us against the world. So why do Wilson and Rodgers want to be Raiders. Not for Raider Nation, but because Gruden has built a team around his quarterback. Carr, Morrow, and Richard, two undrafted free agents, are the only ones we did not let go of yet from the 2017 team. The O-line was a priority from the past three years to allow Carr time to master the offense. They took the training wheels off last year, and wow, we are good. Why Wilson and Rodgers won't be Raiders? Gruden developed Gannon from an average quarterback to an MVP. He doesn't want to be Arians and win with a great quarterback. He's going to make a great quarterback from his system. Who better to rep the Raiders on the field at the quarterback than a member of Raider Nation from youth up? Derek Carr. Last place in the AFC West in 2018, 3rd in 2019, second 2nd in 2020. So bring on 2021. Get the popcorn ready, crack open a cold one. Raider Nation stand in allegiance at Allegiant Stadium. And as always, just win, baby. Raiders. That's from New York Old School Raider. Thank you so much for that text, my man. And yeah, Raider Nation, I mean, fan base is just cut differently. You know, and I do say it all the time that we have a very high football IQ. I think uh, many people that listen to this show could actually host this show. I think they do a really, really good job of breaking down, you know, what they're seeing during the games. I can always tell a fan that knows what they're talking about when I'm sitting at a sports bar and we start talking football and all of a sudden they just kind of say something and it's almost like vomiting. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) like, are you serious? You just said that? And then I I realize that, oh, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. But, yeah, Raider Nation is cut differently for sure. As far as Wilson and Rodgers wanting to be Raiders – I'll say this. I just think that their name gets thrown into everything. I I, I really do. I think their name, the Raiders' name, gets thrown into every single rumor just to make it a little bit juicier. It's always better when the Raiders' name is involved in it. That's, That's just my thing right there. I think that John Gruden would love to work with Russell Wilson. I think he'd love to work with Aaron Rodgers, but he's working with Derek Carr, and that's just what it is. And you're right. He did develop Rich Gannon, but I'll tell you, when Rich Gannon was in Kansas City, I thought he was a damn good quarterback then. I really did. I thought he was damn good. I thought Kansas City was stupid to uh, basically have him as a backup. But, I mean, that was just me. You saw what he ended up doing when he became a member of the Silver and Black. So thank you so much for that text. Definitely appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Raider Loke in the 626. He's calling to talk about the show I did on Tuesday about Raider Nation. He wanted to share his story and how he became a member of the Silver and Black. Here he is, Raider Loke in the 626.
6: What is up, Q and the rest of Raider Nation? This is Raider Loke from the 626. Q Thank you for Tuesday's podcast in regards to saluting to Raider Nation because, yes, we are a different breed of fans in the NFL. We you got to be cut from a different cloth to to be a Raider fan. You know, it's always not going to be the greatest experience, but, you know, there's something different about Raider fans, and, you know, it's kind of what your caller's been saying deep down when you're done with the team because they haven't been the greatest since 2002. At the end of the day, come Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, you're still going to be sitting in front of your TV to watch this team that you – that you love because at the end of the day it it runs in your blood. I mean, I didn't have my first experience in the Raider game in 2016, and you know i have been a 32 year old Raider fan. You know, and you know I grew up in a soccer household, so I you know being a Raider fan wasn't brought down to brought down to me from my parents. You know, I kind of my pops dressed me in Raider clothes, and uh, yeah, I just, as a kid, so that was something that I took upon and you know, my first game wasn't a Raider Raider game until twenty sixteen and it was in Mexico City. And you know, I got a lot, a lot of people telling me, you know, Hey, why why'd you go down there for your first Raider game? It's a lot farther than Oakland. I was like, Well, I wanted to kill two person one stone. First time going to Mexico City, first time Raider game, so why not? So when I heard that uh, Raiders were gonna move to Vegas and last season was gonna be in Oakland, I had to go to the black hole. I had to experience that and the wife was never a Raider fan as well, so I kinda took her to the kind of into being a Raider fan. You know, she enjoyed the experience in the Black Hole. I can relate to you as your your wife also has never been to a, the the Oakland Coliseum. And she enjoyed it. You know, it was a family environment down in the Black Hole, you know? So, and then she just recently watched the, uh, the Al Davis documentary with me. So it's just, it's it's more than just what the Raiders produce on the field. That's why we're a Raider fan. You know, Al Davis, the Maverick, what he did for us Raider fans, the Raider team, and the NFL in general. I mean, being a Raider fan is not just what they produce on the field on, on game day. Everyone's deeper than that. So just wanted to shout you out, Q, for that episode. And definitely enjoyed it. This is Radel right Lowe, and I'm out.
3: Thank you for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Thanks for sharing that story. And I'll say, man, that Mexico City game is the game I wanted to go to. I never got to go, but I did want to go. Thought that'd be a lot of fun. I'm glad you were able to go and enjoy it. Thank you so much for that uh, that call. Next up, I got a text from my guy Sparks. He says, Q, in regards to segment number two, I don't think you can use win-loss record as an excuse for why winning quarterbacks get more love than Carr. On that PFF list, there are plenty of losing quarterbacks above Carr, and that's from Sparks. And I will say, thank you so much for that text, first of all. I always appreciate any feedback. There's not really a lot of losing quarterbacks above Carr, and I'm not saying that wins and losses is the end-all, be-all for judging these quarterbacks, but there's not a lot of them that are losers. Mahomes, winner. Brady, winner. Rodgers, winner. Wilson, winner. Watson, he was a winner until last year. Josh Allen, winner. Dak Prescott, winner, but he got hit injured halfway through the season, and or not, not even halfway, about five weeks into the season, he got banged up and missed the rest of the season. But I mean, he's been into the you know second, third round of the playoffs. He's got a winning percentage. Lamar Jackson, winner. Matt Ryan, he wasn't a winner uh, last year, you know, and, and he was just in the Super Bowl a couple seasons ago. He's a former league MVP. Baker Mayfield, he was a ten game winner last season. He was in the playoffs last season, won more than ten games. Stafford, he's not a winner. Tannehill was in the playoffs. So, I mean, really, I mean, wins and losses aren't really what they're talking about here, even though there's a ton of winners. So I don't know what you're talking about when you say that there's plenty of losing quarterbacks above Carr. No, there's not. Tell me where the losing quarterback is. I'll wait. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's not me being disrespectful. I'm just being honest. Like, I'm just saying that that's part of the equation. I'm not saying it's the whole thing at all. Because I, I look at Matt Stafford, who did not win in Detroit, and I put some of it on him. I put some of it on the organization because it goes hand in hand, and that's how it is, which is exactly the same way I look at Derek Carr. You know, some of his winning percentage or lack of winning percentage comes from the organization not being very good, the team not being very good. I don't say that, oh, every loss that is is on him. I think that he has continued to get better as a quarterback, especially under John Gruden, but, I mean, he had no continuity the first part of his career. Now, again, you can't put that 100% on the team. Some of it you do have to put on the quarterback. Again, they go hand in hand. Just similar to Matt Stafford, but, again, there's not very many losers Ahead of them, I mean, where where do you see the losers? I, I don't see losers. I, I really don't. So, in my opinion, wins and losses aren't the end all be all. And Pro Football Focus, by the way, isn't the end all be all either. They dance up numbers to make them look a whole lot different. You know, they're a very analytical websites, so it's not like it's just you know based off the eye test and based off a whole lot of other things. It's it's a lot of just numbers in general. That's just how Pro Football Focus rolls, and they have their own system too. So it is what it is. But I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. But I mean, again. Derek Caro came in 13th, and if above him, the top 12 ahead of him, they weren't necessarily losers. You know, there wasn't a bunch of losers. So thank you so much for that text. Let's go ahead and close things out with one more call. How about Vader Raider in the 303? He's calling to talk about the schedule, why he thinks everyone needs to relax on the conspiracy theory. Then he talks about the draft. Then he sends some love to Raider Nation and me as well. Here he is, Vader Raider in the 303.
7: What's up, Q? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Vader Raider, with some thoughts from the dark side. Uh, wanted to talk about the schedule. Um, I think everybody needs to chill out about the schedule. I mean, look, you know, there's conspiracy theorists out there for years that have said the league has it in for us, and that's why they schedule us the way they do. I, for one, you know, I've been down that road, and quite frankly, I'm sick and tired of it myself. So here's the deal. We've got tough games to start out the year. It's going to be a great test for Gus Bradley. It's going to be a great test for that defense. We're gonna know where right away, Raider Nation, where we stand with the defense, right? And we're gonna know where we stand with the offensive line. Secondly, um, I was not—I I think I said this before—but I wasn't really impressed with the draft. You know, I was kind of impressed with the second day of the draft, wasn't the first day? But that's just me. Q, you came on here on one of your shows—I think it was yesterday or the day before—and you saluted Raider Nation. Well. As a longtime fan, I've been a fan as long as you have, and I'm a little older than you. (laughs) I salute you too, sir. Thank you every day for everything you do. Thank you for supporting Raider Nation and bringing us with you wherever you go. You're the best at what you do, Q. You're a professional and you're top-notch. and We're with you all the way. And As far as Raider Nation goes, I love all y'all because Raider fans stick together. We're the only true nation. There's a lot of imitators out there for some reason Cowboy fans are chirping up a whole lot lately and that's kicking me off Q you know that you know how I am when it comes to the fan base I ride or die I mean I'm the same person that said on a field of battle that you could line up every fan base in sports and line them up against Raider Nation and they still wouldn't have enough because we'd still dominate there we dominate professional football, we dominate all over sports. Bottom line is this Raider Nation, when you're the best, you don't have to talk about it. You just be about it. That's what I love about this fan base. We don't need to talk to talk because every day Raider Nation walks the walk. Remember, there's only one true nation and that's the Raider Nation. And we don't, we we support each other, we protect each other. Okay? We're a family. We're always going to be a family. So, I'm going to say this to some people who kind of ride or die for one player or another. Just remember, it's not what is on the back of that person's jersey, and it's not who they are. It's what they represent, and they represent Raider Nation every day. All right. Q, I'm out. God bless you. God bless Raider Nation. Vader Raider.
3: There he goes. Vader Raider closing things out on a Friday. Definitely appreciate that call, my man. Thanks for the love. And, yeah, Raider Nation. No doubt about it. Ride or die. And Vader Raider, we know you, as a matter of fact. You definitely are a ride or die. And uh, we appreciate your, uh, your passion. We appreciate your energy. All that, man. There's definitely only one nation, and that is Raider Nation. As far as the schedule goes, I'm not worried about it either. Uh, I didn't like, like I said, the first seven games. I didn't like the back and forth, the home game, away game, home game, away game. But whatever. It is what it is. Raiders just gotta go out there and handle their business, you know. Really good teams don't worry about the schedule. They go out there and play who's in front of them and handle it one week at a time, and then at the end of the season say okay what's the schedule look like or what's our record look like boom let's get into the playoffs who's up next that's what it's all about for teams that are really really good and at some point the Raiders are trying to get there to beat that team so thank you so much for that call Appreciate you. Still got a call from Eric in NorCal, a text from Raider Black, Sean in Salt Lake City, Raider Dave in Denver, and a text from JC Raider in Ogden, Utah. We'll get to all that on Monday's show. Plus, we'll have uh, you know more news and notes collected over the weekend. Uh, we'll have some more conversation pieces. Maybe we'll have a special guest. I was supposed to have one today, but it didn't happen. Either way, it's all good. Uh, so have a great weekend, Raider Nation. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Uh, and most importantly, as always, as you know, just win, baby.